Okay, let's turn to the book of Romans. Thank you. Chapter 6, verse 23. I love the book of Romans. It's a really good one. Paul did a great job. So let's all turn to the book of Romans, chapter 6. And as you do that, and I'll be reading from Romans a little bit today, a few times. So I'm going to move my cane. I don't want to knock it over. Let's please stand on the reading of his word. Move my king, because I can guarantee you by accident I will knock it over. It will happen. It's almost a foregone conclusion. So Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm going to say it one more time. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. This is one that I quote a lot, along with a few others from Romans, because it's so very true and it's necessary. And I say that there are certain ones we should memorize. Young men, those who are here today and others, you should memorize certain verses in your life and uh, because it is necessary in your Christian life. It's necessary soldiers of Christ in your Christian life. We were talking about soldiers a little bit. It's important to have certain verses memorized in your life. This is one of them. You should have this one memorized, Romans 6.23 and a couple others, which we will go through. My favorite verses in the Bible is some of them. And this is one of them. And we, we will talk about this one again before long. And it's so vitally important because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's my Lord. I hope he's yours. I hope he is. I hope he is. He's mine for certain. Now, let me tell you, I used to work at a place called Sam's Club. Uh, that's where I met my dear friend here, uh, Brother Keith, Brother Keith Keene, and he is that, Keene. He's very keen. But I used to work at Sam's Club, and at one point, I was made to stock things I didn't want to stock. I was made to, you know, put things up and, and make sure it looked beautiful and everything best it could. I stocked a lot of things, dog food and the paper products and Coca-Cola and all sorts of things. But at one time, they made me stock alcoholic products Then I didn't want to. But you know how the bosses are. And so they made me stock beer. And I didn't want to do that, but that's what I had to do. I, I had a real problem with it. But they made me stock uh, Budweiser, Coors, whatnot. And when while doing this, uh, sometimes, and I'm not blaming Keith here, he was one of the forklift drivers, but there are others, I know for certain, sometimes they had their forks on the forklifts up just a little too high. And they would poke holes by accident on the bottom of the uh, alcoholic products. And so beer would get on me. And I would have, whether it be Budweiser or Coors, use the Coors, because Coors had the, the, the glass bottles, I remember. And they would, I'd have beer all over me, I remember, by the time I get done uh, stocking. There'd be times I have beer just covered all over me by the time I get done throughout the night. And that, you might say, well, you probably stunk, and I did, but I, I stunk anyway without the beer. But the point is, is by the time I would get done, I would go home on a public, you know, main road, and it'd be in the morning because we worked all night. And on the way home, there are times that the police would pull us over to check us out and make sure we weren't drunk, because there's a lot of drunk drivers, you know, on that main road, Vivian. And... <laughs> When they pulled me over, I just started driving. I just got a car. I was about 21. They pulled me over, and they were 
testing all the drivers, making sure they were drunk or not drunk or whatnot. And I'll never forget it. Wouldn't you know, one night particularly where a whole bunch of beer poured all over me. And I was covered. I mean, covered. Even still damp from it. And it had happened in the middle of the night. And, and this <laughs> police officer pulled me over. And I was like, oh, no. I smell like Coors or whatnot. And I was like, I am in some serious trouble now. And the moment he rolled down, had me roll down the window, I said, officer, I want to apologize to you. I'm covered in beer. And uh, he goes like this at me. And I says, I, I work here at Sam's Club. Says, and I showed him my badge over here on my shirt. And I says, and beer spilled all over my socket, but I promise you I'm not drinking. He goes, you don't even have to tell me. Because usually they made people, I saw people lining up being tested. And they said, I'm not making you get out and get tested. He said, I believe you. I couldn't believe it. I thought, I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thought I was in some serious trouble. And I said to him, I said, what? And I, I probably shouldn't have said this because you, you talk about looking like a liar. I said, why do you believe me? He said, sir, it's obvious. He said, I can tell you're telling the truth. And there's a grave difference between having alcohol in you and on you. That's what he told me. There's a grave difference. He also said there's a difference between the way one behaves. That's what he told me. Now, I had never drank it in my life, and I still haven't. So I can understand that. But he knew. He could tell by the way that I behaved. And so I drove home, but I'm going to tell you I took a shower and a half by the time I was done <laughs> when I got home and washed those clothes and everything else. But I was nervous. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So that happened. And the title, and it was what he said that got to me. And the title today, today's sermon is Grave Difference. A Grave Difference. Grave Difference is the title. So the question I have is this. And this is for everybody, not just those who are here, but all the world. Do you believe in Jesus? There's two questions before you answer them. Do you believe in Jesus? Second question, do you know Jesus? Because there is a difference. The first question, do you believe in Jesus and believing Jesus, believe Jesus is real and that he exists? And the second is, do you know Jesus? Do you know him personally? There's a grave difference between believing in him and knowing him. Because even the devil even the devil believes in Jesus Christ. Even people who worship Buddha believes that Jesus was real. Even people all over the world, I'm not saying everybody, there's people who are proud to say they don't believe in Jesus. But there are many, many people who believe in Jesus, but they don't know him personally. They don't have a relationship with him. So the great question that we have today is do you know him personally? Because there is a great difference between believing that he exists and knowing him personally. Just like the question that was asked to me, having alcohol in you or on you, there's a difference between having Jesus around you and having him in you. A great difference between that. A great, great difference. A difference between going to church and being a part of the body of Christ. A great difference between those two differences, those two things. A great difference. 
Oh, I, I go to church every week. That's great. I'm, I'm glad of it. I, I look at the Bible. I own the Bible. That's great. But does Jesus Christ own you? Does Jesus Christ live in your heart? Well, but I, I believe he's real. That's great. But do you know him personally and speak to him personally? You know, last year, I was very happy and blessed. I got to go meet some of my favorite professional wrestlers. That was wonderful. But I don't know them. I just met them. But I don't know them personally. I, in my life, I've been blessed to meet a lot of people I like. I met Don Knotts once. I got to meet the guy who played uh, Chewbacca. I got to meet all these different people who I really like. I, I, I met uh, a few other people who are big fans of. I actually got to see Adam West, who played Batman in the 1960s. I've seen him like but I don't know them personally. I've never been to their houses. I've never been their best pals or maybe my best pal on TV. But I don't know them. A lot of people may say, well, I know who they are, but doesn't mean they know them personally. Just because you know who someone is doesn't mean you know them as best pals. Doesn't mean you know them. And so that's the big question for you. Two of them. Do you believe in Jesus? Or do you know Jesus? Believe in Jesus, believing he is real, that he exists. Do you know Jesus, know him personally? There's a great and grave difference. Grave difference. You know, I know many truck drivers, but I don't know how to drive a truck. I know a lot of guitarists, but I don't know how to play a guitar, and believe me, you don't want me to try. You'd be you'd be grabbing all your ears and going, oh, please put it down. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. But I do believe that Jesus is real and that he exists, and I believe that, and I believed it when I was a little baby boy, and even when I was five, I thought that's what people were asking me if I believed Jesus is real. But then when I was seven years old, I knew that it was more than just believing he exists, and I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior in my heart, and I suddenly knew him personally. And ever since then, my relationship with Jesus Christ has grown better and better and better. I hope yours has. I hope you know him. I hope that you have met him and every single day since you have come to know him, your personal relationship with him has grown better. I hope he lives in your heart today. I'm not talking literally living in your physical heart. I'm talking your spiritual heart right now. Your answer, your true accurate answer, not just answering what I hope you're saying, I hope that you'll say, because I know we do that sometimes. We want to answer what people want us to say. Did you do, did you clean your room today? Yes, Mom, I cleaned my room. We better go down there and clean real quick or I'm going to get a whipping. We, we, we answer that way. Yeah, I'm sure you've done it. I, I'm sure. Did you do your homework? Yeah, yeah, I did. But the true accurate answer, do you know him today? Do not turn him away. Your true accurate answer is the difference between heaven and hell. Your true accurate answer is between eternal glory with everlasting life or eternal damnation everlasting sorrow and pain that will never ever 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 stop darkness and sorrow pain one is one that we want and one is one that we all deserve and I know that's hard. It's harsh. It sounds terrible. It's so true, though. It's very true. I don't like saying it. I really don't. I don't like saying that we deserve damnation, but we do. Pastor, are you saying I deserve to go to hell? Yep, I sure am. 
And I know that makes me sound like a jerk. It also makes me sound very honest. Yes, even your relatives deserve to go to hell. But because Jesus Christ loved them, if they call out to him, and if they did, that's not where they're at. Because you see, a gift is something that's not earned. And when I was a seven-year-old, beautiful, fat little boy, Jesus Christ called out to me and said, I have a gift for you. And I said, give me. And I took it. And I didn't ask questions and I didn't save the wrapping paper. You know, I always hate when people tell you, don't rip up the wrapping paper, folks. I didn't save the wrapping paper. I opened up the gift of everlasting life and I jumped in the box and I took it all. I hope you have too. I hope you've ever you've accepted it. I hope you've devoured it. I hope it's in you and you're growing with it. That's what I hope. I ate it all. Even the wrapping paper, all of it. I accepted it all. I devoured it. Oh, I admit there's times that I didn't behave like I should have. There's times I let the flesh live in me and not the glory of Jesus Christ. And there's other times that the Holy Spirit said, now. Do what's right, and I'm doing it because Jesus Christ makes me do it. And I said, okay, and I'm glad to do it. Hallelujah. This is Memorial Day weekend. But it's not only for the service of our country, although that's what we mainly do, and it's good, and I'm glad for it. It's why I always wear patriotic ties, and, and I have enough patriotic ties to get me through from now to 4th of July if I try. <laughs> Actually, all the way to Labor Day, but I don't always do that. But either way, it's not just for those who served our country. It's for those who have passed. It's for the memory and the memorial of them. But when I go to a graveyard, and I've gone to a lot, because when I was a little boy, Daniel knows this, when I was a little boy, we spent an awful lot of time at graveyards. <laughs> you guys, You guys are morbid. Well, here's the thing. We grew up, and we'll talk about a little, just a little bit here in a moment, but we grew up on a land called Pappenville. And, you know, we have a lot of family buried down there. But here's the thing. there, Right next to that land, there's a little bitty dust road. And right across from that is a burial ground. There, There is a graveyard. And so we would sometimes go play trick. I say trick. I'm going to say uh, hide and seek down there. And with some of us would hide in the graveyard. Yes, we did. We, we were crazy kids. But we would, we would even uh, play water guns down there in, in the graveyard. But I remember whether I'm doing services at, at graveyards or whether we play in the graveyard, truth is, sometimes I'd look in the graveyard and I would look at the graves and I knew that some people were Christians and I knew that, but I also would wonder if they were all Christians. I didn't look at the graves in the graveyard and, and question in my mind. I don't look and say, where's their body? Because we know where their body is, or at least it might be dust at this point. I know that. But I, I question even to this day when I'm walking there, it, it, when it's time for a funeral or whatever, I sometimes wonder where their soul is. Even this week, we know the horrible things that happen. I sometimes wonder where a person's soul goes. And by that, I mean, does this person know the Lord or does this person not? Now, we know there's an age of accountability, so with children, we usually know, but not always. And so I wonder often when I'm in a graveyard, does this person know Jesus or does this person just believe that he exists? Because there's a grave difference between knowing him personally and believing he's real. 
And so therefore, we have to ask this horribly hard question. Where is their soul? Where does it go? Those we know, sometimes we usually know where or where not they are, but not always. And so let's ask these things. Were they saved? I know we want to say everybody's a good person. Oh, what a good person. Oh, okay, so they only hurt and slapped and did these terrible things and was drunk all the time and did these terrible things. And they only robbed, and he's only in prison for most of their life or whatever. But not everybody's a good person. And the fact of the matter is, and, 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 and forgive me, I'm not insulting your relatives and your friends and all this, but nobody's a good person. I hate to tell you this. By the, by the sake of Jesus Christ, now I'm talking about our memory. We love people despite who they are. We think of them as good. But according to Jesus Christ, nobody's good. Because listen what it says in Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. None of us are good in the eyes of Christ. None of us are good in the eyes of God. None of us are worthy of heaven. None of us. If we got what we deserve, all of us would go to hell. If we got what we have earned, all of us would burn for eternity. Every single one of us. Pastor, you're making me feel so good. Well, that's not what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make you feel bad. I'm simply telling you that none of us have earned our way to heaven. If it came to what I earned, I would go to hell. Praise God, I'm not going to heaven by what I've earned. Because if it came for what I earned, I would most definitely, most definitely, most definitely go to hell. But that's not why I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven for what Jesus Christ did for me and for you on the cross, and not just on the cross, but after the cross when he went in the grave and came up from the grave. Hallelujah. Amen. It says in Romans 3.23, which I say so very often, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You can mark those if you want. Romans 3.10 and Romans 3.23. For all have sinned. I say this a lot. For all have sinned. For all have sinned. Or who sinned? A couple of us once in a while. No. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As I say right after that, usually there is none righteous. No, not one. Romans 3.10. But then, back to what I said at the beginning, for the, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. And if you stop there, that's sad. But what does it say right after? And this is the beautiful thing. For the wages of sin is death, and we've all sinned. Yeah, but I don't know, Pastor. Oh, okay. So I've lied. Oh, okay. So I've messed up. Oh, okay. So I don't always think right. But yeah, it's, it's, all, it's, it's all sin. Listen, I, I have a brother I watch, and... uh. He, he, I watch him online, a good brother in Christ, and he goes around and he talks to people and he witnesses it to them. And they say, yeah, but I, I, I'm not bad enough to go to hell. And he starts saying, have you ever lusted? Have you ever lied? Have you ever cheated? Have you ever this or that? And then they start putting on, he says, and, and how many sins does it take to, to get to heaven? How many sins does it take to get to hell? And they start realizing they're going to hell. And and so he he brings them over to, to, to Christ, not he, but Jesus Christ. He brings them to Christ. I'm so proud of him. A wonderful man of God. Why? Because he goes to the scripture, just like I'm doing here. For the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God, but the gift, one more time, the gift of God, nothing we can earn. You don't earn a gift. You don't earn a gift. At Christmas time, do we earn gifts? No. Kids are rotten at Christmas, aren't they? We saw them stealing the cookies at Mama's Bacon. We, oh, wait, maybe I'm not talking about me. I don't know. But we know what they do. Why are kids rotten? Because they're excited and they're all, they're all pumped up what they're going to get. We know, and it's okay. And by the kids, I'm talking about me now. They're all pumped up at Christmas, and they're rotten. They're rotten. If we got what we deserve, we get nothing but gold. But at the same time, kids are rotten at Christmas, but they get gifts. Why? Because of love. 
So the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. <laughs> Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me enough not to give me what I deserve because I have eternal weapons in hell. Amen? Amen. You know, you don't have to say amen to my weapons. <laughs> <laughs> but I would. And I'm not just talking the little weapons I got for as a kid. I'm talking like the weapons that he got at the, before he got on the cross. I'm talking the weapons that he got over and over and over and over again. Blood pouring out all over the place. You know, people a lot of times can't handle the movie The Passion. That means that movie, and by the way, they didn't even give him all that he really got. Beaten beyond recognition. Think about that. I can handle it, not because I like it. I can handle it because I like to get a little look of what Jesus took for us. And it's hard to handle to see what he really went through for us. So, are the people saved? That's what I ask myself when I go to graveyards. It's not my place to know. I don't know. Even if people claim to be a Christian, I don't know. By our actions, we are known. By their testimony. It's not saying that we do that what we do gets us to heaven. But our actions do testify our faith. And so that's why I said a while ago, we know the people. And so sometimes by the people we know, we know where they are not. I know for a, a fact my grandpa is in heaven. I know for a fact our grandfather is in heaven. I know for a fact he's in heaven. I knew him. Everything he did, everything he testified, he said, there was one way into heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. I know for a fact my grandma's in heaven and my father's in heaven. Not because they're my family, so they have to be in heaven. No, but because of the testimony. Billy Graham, I know, is in heaven because of the testimony and the honesty of how horrible he was before he came to Christ. The testimony, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on of people I knew personally and people of I know their testimony, how bad they were before and how righteous Jesus Christ was through them. So again, I say, do you believe in Jesus or do you know Jesus personally? Believing that he exists is not enough to get you to heaven. Believing he was a good guy isn't enough to get you to heaven. But knowing him personally in your heart, that's what gets you to heaven. You can believe in something, and that's not enough. You can believe that medication is good medication, but until you take it, it's in your system, it's not going to help you. This morning, I woke up, and I was hurting, and I didn't want to get up. But I said, get up and take your medicine or you're going to be seasoned on the floor up there when you go to preach. And folks, I have to put it in my system or I'm in serious trouble. When I was a seven-year-old boy in that same house, I had to believe and take the medication of salvation of Jesus Christ or I'd be going to hell and seizing for eternity, so to speak. There's a difference between believing and, and taking. Amen? A great difference. And I say this. I say this not to talk about me and my righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ, because it needs to be said so people can understand there's a difference between believing Jesus is real and knowing him and that he's real in me. And I don't want people to burn in hell. I, they have to know the great difference. Or they may suffer because we didn't take the definition and explain it. They have to know. They have to know.
By our actions, we are known. By our testimony, how? Our faith in God's grace. Oh, you talk about this a lot? Yes, it's the most important thing. We have faith in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as I said before, certain things I can't do. I can't play a guitar, but I know guitarists. Well, I can't fly a plane. I can't fly a plane. But when I go into a plane and I buy that ticket, I have to have faith in the pilot. I have to have faith that they're going to get me from here to there. I have to have faith that they know what they're doing, that they have trained and they know all they need to know, and not just the pilot, but those who, the engineers, the people who have fixed the wheels, those who put the, the, the gasoline in it, those who sell me the ticket and everything. Because you might say, oh, even those who sell you the ticket? Yes, because if they give me the wrong ticket, I'm going to end up in the wrong place. And you say, that sounds, oh, you better not say that when you, because listen, it's the same when you go to a church. If you go to the wrong church and they tell you and give you the wrong ticket, you're going to the wrong place. You understand? You better make sure you know what you know what you know you know. Even when I went to the doctors, I went to the doctors, I've had many, 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 many surgeries. I better trust that doctor and know that that doctor knows what they're doing. Not what I know, but what that they know what they know. Because I don't know very much. I know that I don't know. But I know that the one who knows, knows. And so therefore, I've got to trust him and not me to know that he knows. And I trust him. I trust the Lord God, not me. He's the great physician. He's the one that leads me. He's the one that guides me. It's not about me and what I know, and people are always trying to go to their own understanding, but they shouldn't. They should go to him who leads us, him who guides us, not ourselves. So what it says in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, and you can write that down if you want. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, tells us so easily, it tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. It tells us this. And Jesus spoke to the people about the paths. There's only one way to heaven, and he spoke about it in two different places. And it's the same. It's the same uh, situation. He's talking to the people, telling parables. This happens a lot in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and also in John, but mostly Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it says it in different ways. So the first one's Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And the second one's in Luke. 13, 23 through 25. But I'm going to read those to you because listen what he says. He's talking about one way into heaven. Only one. Only one. There's only one ticket that gets us there. Only one ticket. You can't buy your way to heaven any other way. First of all, you can't buy your way to heaven anyway. All you have to do is have faith in the one way, one way into heaven, which is Jesus Christ. You can't earn your way there. You can't get your way there except through Jesus. Jesus is the one way and that's it. Listen to what he says, what Christ says in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. I'm talking about the verses now. It says, enter at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Talking about hell now. Leads to destruction. And there are many who are going through it. Because small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. There are few who find their way to heaven. Many want to go there. Everybody wants to go to heaven. I can't imagine anybody, except maybe idiots who are trying, trying to be uh, different, trying to be uh, obstinate, but I can't imagine anybody saying, who wants to suffer for eternity in hell? Oh, I do, I do. No, no, 
people want to say, oh, I, I deserve to go to heaven. Do you? No, not really. But everybody wants to go there. Everybody wants the goodies. I mean, it's just like as a little kid, if people said, who wants to eat the vegetables? Me, me, me. Or who wants their, their, their candy and ice cream? <laughs> everybody wants to have the joy, wants the treats. Okay, maybe there's a couple of oddballs, but usually, usually they want the treats. Luke 13, 23 through 25, someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he, being Jesus, said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. Once the master of the house is risen up to shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us, he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. That's heartbreaking, folks. Heartbreaking. So heartbreaking to think about people wanting to get in heaven and can't. They want Jesus and can't. But it's not that way now. Jesus wants the people to come. All they got to do is call out. But people often won't. They won't because they're trying to find their own way. And we talk about this, but we talked a little bit about it at Easter. But now we're talking about a different outlook. We're not talking about Jesus on the cross and rising at that moment. We're talking about now, now, now in this world, the way it is. People are looking every which way they can except the one way they can. The one way that they can. Calling out to Jesus Christ. But Lord, I have to give up so much. No, you don't. You just don't want to do it the way you can. You're afraid to give up all these things, and it's a lie from the devil. There's nothing. There's nothing that you're hanging on to except damnation and the lie from the devil himself. Galatians 2.16 says, Yet we know that a man is not justified by his works. We're talking about people who try and get to heaven on their own. Listen now. Galatians 2.16 says, Yet we know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we might be justified by faith in Christ, rather than by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. Now what are we talking about, the works of the law? We're talking about the old ways, the old laws of the Old Testament, the old Ten Commandments. Nothing wrong with that loving the Old Ten Commandments. That was something that God said we should do. But that's not what saves us. There, this is where people get they feel justified by being legalistic, by doing the things they think are going to save them. Oh, I know the Ten Commandments I live them by. But listen, just like I was telling you earlier, the good man who goes around asking people, if you only did one thing wrong, you're going to hell. One thing of the law. The law was not meant to save you, but to give you understanding of a good moral way to live. But nobody... Nobody, nobody could live by those and completely do it right. God was trying to show morality. But he wasn't trying to give them justification and, and a salvation through life. He, that was simply a, a, a way of living, a foundation. And he knew that that foundation would be justified by one himself when he came in the form of his son. It says in Galatians 5.1, For freedom Christ freed us, Stand fast, therefore, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That means 
Don't sin again. Don't keep sinning. Don't keep living in that sin, that foundation of sin, but live by the foundation of freedom of Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's through Jesus that we go into heaven. He is our ticket. He is the way and no other way. Because we are saved by grace, by the grace of Jesus Christ, and we have faith in that grace. We have grace in the faith of God. Now, earlier, I was speaking to you about that graveyard that we used to play around in. And I spoke to you about on one side was the graveyard, and one side was the field, and depending on which way you're facing or where it would be at. But I would a lot of times go down the road going this way where the graveyard would be over here. And the farm, we called it. It wasn't really a farm, although we did farm there sometimes. But mostly there would be pecan trees, and there would be uh, the house, and my family would be over here playing or whatnot. And I remember I'd get scared. I'd get scared when looking over here at the graveyard. And, you know, kids, I was a kid. I look over there and I would think about ghosts and things. You know how kids are. I look over there at the graves and I think of death. And I think about that. So I want you to imagine a little dirt road. And by the way, I'm not saying you all are dead. I'm not saying, but imagine a little dirt road here in the middle. And it was small, smaller than this pretty much. A little dirt road. And over here was the graveyard. I'm talking about my view. Over here was the graveyard. And that to me represented death. And I was afraid of it. And over here was a farmland full of trees, of, of fruit, you know, because technically pecans are nuts and nuts are usually in the way of fruit and all that. And, and life and kids playing and having a good time. This land over here represented death. And this land represented life to me. And I knew that the Lord was telling me, if you want to stay away from the land that you fear, go that direction. And I did. And sometimes I get to thinking of that land of death, and I would run to that direction. I would, I'd even jump off the road and go through the field. I'd run through that field, and oh, let me tell you, I couldn't get to my grandma and grandpa who represented Christ to me, because if you, if you knew him, you would know. I would run to them and couldn't get to them fast enough away from the, what represented death to me. And that's the way we should be. There's too many people who haven't chosen if they believe in Jesus or if they know Jesus. And they're stuck in the middle. Can't choose whether they believe or whether they know. Today's the day that needs to be chosen. Are you going to stay right in the middle of that dirt road? Do you believe that Jesus exists? Because here's the thing, even as a Christian, we believe in Jesus, but we more than believe. We believe because we know. We believe because we know him. Well, we don't stick in the middle of the ground. We don't stick in the middle of the ground. Yes, I know. I know the parables of the narrow road, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about sticking in the middle of our beliefs. We're not doing that. We don't stick in the middle of our beliefs. We don't say, well, we think he's a nice guy. No, we know him. We know how great he is because we went and we chose to go to him, to go to him who we know. We went to the everlasting life of Jesus Christ. We didn't stay looking at one direction or the other. We went straight to him. We went to his arms. He grabbed a hold of us. He brought us into salvation, and that's where we stay. And I will never, ever, ever go back to wondering again if he's real or not, because I know he's real. People say, oh, you don't know. I do know. I've had people of the world try to say, but you can't prove. I don't need to prove to you. 
I was, it was proved to me the moment I ran to him. I don't need to prove to you. That's between you and the Lord God. I know where I stand. I stand in his arms right now. That's when you and God, don't you try to bring your choices to me because I am in his arms even now, standing in the everlasting life of the Lord Jesus Christ because he's in my heart. I pray and hope that you won't wonder anymore. Don't stand between believing he's real or knowing because you know him personally. It's time to decide. Do you believe he exists or do you know he exists because you know him personally? There is a difference. There is a difference, a grave difference between knowing and believing. Believing and knowing. Make that choice. Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. As I said before, the law and the commandments, our works can't do it. It can't do it. It can't do it. But we know the great difference. We know the great difference. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, 17, 18. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, I know it's what the world thinks. They think that he came to condemn them, to send them to hell. That's not what he came. Listen up. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And by might doesn't mean maybe they're saved, maybe they're not. It means that they can be, so that they will be. They might be saved, so that they, they have that might, that they can do it. Listen now. Verse 18, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So do you believe in Jesus? Believe that he is real and he exists? I know I do. But that's not all that I do. Because that's not what saves us. I don't just believe in him. I believe and know because I know him and I know him personally I know him personally. I know him personally because there's a great difference. There's a great, great difference. A grave difference. And if you don't know whether you know him or not, today that can change. Not just believing that he's real, but knowing and knowing him, having a personal relationship with him. You can walk away here today Knowing him as your Lord, your Savior, your best friend. And knowing that when you leave this world, you're going to be with him in heaven. Or, or you can be questioning. Not knowing. And wondering, always wondering. Well, am I going to be in heaven? I hope. Or maybe, because I believe he's real. Or am I going to go to hell? I sure hope you're not one of those. But if you are, please call me. Please call me. 816-591-9303. And I mean that. Please. Call out to Jesus right now. Call out to Jesus right now. Just say, Lord. Go with me now. Lord. Lord Jesus. I not just believe that you're real, 
I believe that you're the one and only way unto heaven. I pray, Lord God, that you will save me from all the sins, all the things I've done wrong. Lord, I know that I'm not perfect, but I pray that you will save me, take me into heaven. I know no other way. And Lord, I believe, I know that you're the only one. Please, Lord, save me. Now open your eyes. If you believe that when you, when you prayed it and know that when you prayed it, then you will know him now. If you truly believe that, you can give me a call if you'd like. And I will close by saying one more verse, and that's Hebrews 9, 22. And according to the law, according to the law, talking about the law of the Lord, according to the law, almost everything must be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And he shed that blood on the cross. And he rose. All you have to do is believe, but not just believe, but know and know him. And you're saved. There's a great and grave difference. And I hope you know it. I hope you know him. And with that, let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I pray today that all those who are here and all those who are watching know you personally. I hope they know you personally, Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope they know the difference, the grave difference, between just believing in you and knowing you. I hope that they will come to know you today if they don't know you already. I, I'm sure that most people here do. Uh, I pray that there are, no, know you, I mean, Lord, and I pray that there are, if there are anyone at home who are questioning their salvation, I pray, Lord God, that they will question no more and call out to you, that they'll call out to you with all their heart and all their soul. And then, Lord God, if there's anything beyond that that they have questions about, that they will feel free to call me too. And Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that they will know you and grow with you. And that they'll also understand that all of us have questioned. And all of us, Lord God, have questioned ourselves because we know that we're not perfect, but that you, Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect one, help us to grow and are with us every single day. I pray all of this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you will lead us and guide us throughout this week and every day of our life. In Jesus' holy name. 